Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. For a friend, how many were here last week? We started with forgiveness. And so make sure you check that out on the podcast. Make sure you listen in to that. Forgiveness was a great message about offense and how to forgive others. But today, the most commonly asked question was on fear. Was on fear. And how many know that? I believe it's okay to ask God questions because God has answers to those questions. And so that's what we're going to do during the series that many of us, y'all send in questions to Avenue. And when you send in these questions to Avenue Church, we put them all in different subjects. And we were able to vote and do a poll on these questions. And so when we did that, y'all voted. And so uh, fourth place was forgiveness. Third place was fear. Was fear. And so I want to ask you a question today. It's a safe place to be, all right? But raise your hand if you like scary movies. Raise your hand if you like scary movies. All right. You're messed up. Something's wrong with you. Anybody else? Something you're strange. We love you, all right? Raise your hand after church, okay? Man, I don't like scary movies. Uh, as a pastor, I recommend don't go to scary movies. But I saw one last night. All right? It's confession time. I'm going to help you out. I saw one last night. It was Hocus Pocus by Disney. It messed me up. Just jack me up. The cat, everything, like, no, I can't do this. And uh, so, <laughs> but uh, how many know, though, scary movies are not that scary when you're with your buddies, right? Scary movies are not that scary. Like, you might jump out or something like that, like Bette Midler and a buck two teeth. Ah, oh! you know what I mean? Like, it's scary, but you might jump out, but it's not that scary. Any movie is not that scary until you're alone in your bed in a dark house by yourself. How many know what I'm talking about? This is a safe place to be, everybody, right? That didn't scare me. And you're like, oh, my God, is there a clown somewhere? Oh, oh my Jesus. I remember as a little kid, I, was, I thought the, uh, a boogeyman was in the closet. How many know a boogeyman ain't true, all right? God is bigger than the boogeyman. God is bigger than monsters and Godzilla on TV, all right? God is bigger than the boogeyman. And so I remember as a kid, I was so afraid, so scared, and thinking something's in my closet. How many know if, like, you stare at something long enough, it moves? You're like, ah, it moved. I'm not going crazy. That's just me. Okay, it's a safe place to be at Avenue Church. The real preacher will be back next week. And so I remember as a little kid, I stood up on my bed because I heard my pastor preach a message. I stood up on my bed, and I said, boogeyman, in the name of Jesus, come out. Nothing happened. I lay down in my bed and I had peace in my heart. And my mom creaked the door and went, is this guy okay? Like, what is wrong with my kid? But here's the thing. I believe that all of us have something we're afraid. All of us have something that we're afraid of. That the Bible has 365 fear commands. And I think that's appropriate because that means there's one for every day of our life. There's this one for every day of our life. That there are things that keep us away from God due to fear. Now I'm here to share with you today, I think it's easier said than done. I think it's easier to say, do not be afraid. Have no fear. Cool. Remember like the 90s, no fear? Like this whole outfit thing that was going on, like, no fear, right? And you're like, okay, awesome. But it's easier said than done. Here's what Philippians chapter 4 says. Be anxious for nothing. Some of you are like, preach a pastor when I said be anxious, right? Be anxious. I'm anxious all the time, pastor, right? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You understand, if peace and understanding were in a race, I think we all want understanding to win. But according to this scripture, it says that peace and understanding were in a race. Peace will surpass understanding and get there first. So what does that mean? That means I don't know what's going on. I have no control, but I have peace. The Bible doesn't say God's going to fix your problems. The Bible says that God's going to give you peace so you can guard your heart and you can guard your mind. That's some good preaching right there. Come on, somebody. Why? Because peace surpasses understanding. It doesn't say it'll fix it, but it'll give you peace. But the problem is we will allow fear to rule our life. Now, how many of us, we've been so afraid that we lose joy in the moment? We've been so afraid that we can't enjoy today. We're so afraid of what tomorrow may bring, we can't enjoy today. So if you're a guest with us today, man, we're so excited you're here. We always have fun here at Avenue Church. But today, I want to teach. I want to be faithful to your questions, faithful to the poll, and begin to equip you with how do we overcome fear in our life. And so let me set this up because I studied this. I'm like a deep theologian. I'm amazing, okay, because we have the internet. Thank you, Jesus, for the internet. And here's some phobias that people go through. Are you ready for this? This is the abovophobia. This is the fear of bathing or washing or cleaning. How many know somebody with abovophobia? Don't raise your hand. Don't do it. It's typically a junior high kid at summer camp. Normally. Like, please take a shower, right? No, I don't want to. That's abovophobia, all right? Uh, Catholicophobia, catholicophobia is the fear of sitting down. I'm so glad you guys are full faith today. Thank you, Jesus, right? But that is why we have a 60-minute service. You're welcome. Now, moving on. Uh, uh, ergo, ergophobia, ergophobia is the abnormal or persistent fear of work. Manual labor, non-manual labor, or finding employment. How many know somebody who has this phobia of fear? Raise your hand if your ex, it's your ex-boyfriend. You're like, Bob Felicia. I think I had this in junior high or high school. I don't know. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. How about this one? I think this one's huge, right? Nomophobia. Nomophobia is the consistent... Hey! Just making sure you're paying attention. Be good here. Nomophobia is the fear of loud noises. I'm totally joking. Totally kidding. Nomophobia, nomophobia is the constant fear of not having cell phone service. And researchers found in the UK that over 50% of people have this phobia. How many are here today? You're like, I got that, Pastor. Pray for me. I have fear of cell phone service. Well, I was hiking Mount Charleston last week. I was like, cell phone, no cell phone service. We need to get off this mountain. People don't know I'm up here. <laughs> How are we going to do that? Through Instagram. Come on. All right. Another one. <laughs> I'm having fun. Half of a phobia. It's the fear of being touched, and you love meet and greet here at Avenue Church, right? High five, fist bump, fist bump. And here's the last phobia. This phobia we're going to put on the screens, this is the fear of long words. You get it? Fear of long words. So they made a really long word for that person. I have a phobia. What is it? Fear of long words. What is it? Ah! So whoever made that word up is a jerk, but we're going to pray for him, Okay. 
Now, you might be here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have any of those fears, all right? You can just, you can preach to people, right? You can preach to those around me because they're all afraid. I have none of those phobias. But in all reality, we're ruled by fear and we don't even know it. What do you mean by that? Many of us, we go through fear of loss. We're afraid of losing or missing out on an opportunity. They've even done research where people are now, even our younger generation, they have severe case of FOMO, all right? FOMO, I'm helping you up, uh, parents, okay? FOMO, fear of missing out. Man, if I don't get it, if I don't make a decision, I won't get involved. I have a fear of missing out. I'm going to, you know, I, I missed out on my youth, so now I need to recreate my youth. I have a fear of losing I have a fear of losing, lose the way. I'm going to look. I'm so afraid of how I'm going to look later on. How many know I'm God's masterpiece? Come on, somebody. God, for God so loved the world. The world is round, so I might get rounder. Come on, somebody. But we have a fear of loss. We're afraid of losing. This is where you find the, the fear of dying, fear of losing a loved one. Number two is a fear of failure. Fear of failure. And this is the reason why many people don't start businesses. Many reasons why churches don't start. Or maybe you're in this room and you didn't start an idea that we believe that God has given you. But you're so afraid of failure. That meal pastor, it didn't work before. So why even try again? I have a fear of failure. The third one is a fear of rejection. Now how many know when God closes the door... It's not rejection, but it's a change of direction. I believe rejection can be healthy in our lives. I believe we shouldn't be afraid of rejection. How many know? I once was telling somebody when I was single, uh, what, about Pat, what about Lindsay? That's my wife now. What about Lindsay? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. But how are you, you going to know if she likes you or not? I was like, in the name of Jesus, get away from me. Yeah. Fear of rejection. Raise your hand if you're single in this place. Single people, raise your hand. Raise your hand, single people. Come on. What, what is this? Come on. Thank you. You have nothing to work with, apparently, I guess. Yeah. But i got to encourage you that in fear of rejection, that you only catch fish in the pond you fish in. If you're fishing in the club, you're going to get a good dancer, I guess. I don't know what else you got. But I encourage you, don't be afraid of rejection. But more often than not, fear of rejection becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because what happens is, you know, I'm so afraid of being rejected, so I'm going to put a wall up and reject everyone else. There's a fear of rejection in our lives. Number four, fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. That this fear will paralyze many. This fear will be, what if? What will happen? What do I do? What's my next step? That you might be here today and say, Pastor, before that phobia thing, I was like, I have no fear. After this thing, I'm afraid of everything. Like, help me, Pastor. Give me the tools and resources so I can overcome my fear. But i got to share some good news. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. How many know God has not given us fear? God didn't invent it. He didn't come up with it. He didn't give it to us. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given it to us, but he's given us power. And other translations say a peaceful mind. But here's what I found, that we have a response when it comes to fear. And so I've looked throughout the Bible. David was a man who had no fear when he conquered Goliath. 
but then he had fear running from Saul. Uh, Elijah was a powerful prophet. And then when uh, Jezebel came in the picture, uh, he ran away because he was afraid. Peter, he was afraid to be associated with Christ on the night that Jesus was betrayed. So he denied Christ three times. Why? He was afraid. But every single person had a response to their fear. And so I'm going to start with Gideon. I think Gideon is a great example in Judges chapter 6 because Gideon had a fear of loss. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my heritage. He had a fear of rejection, that if I step up and I become a mighty warrior, that it's not going to work. I'm going to be rejected. I'm the weakest in my clan. Maybe Gideon said, you know what? I'm a fear. I have a fear of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. God, where are you? What's going to take place? And Gideon had several responses. And so I'm going to go quick today. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, this is what it says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. It's to kind of set up a story of Gideon's hiding because the Midianites are, over, are, 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 are defeating their land. The Midianites are conquering. And so here's Gideon, and he's, he's in a hole, and he's hiding. And all of a sudden, God shows up. I don't know about you, but I'd be, I'd be really excited if God showed up. And this is what it said. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Come on, somebody, right? Like, God is for you, not against you. Gideon's like, yes, right? Come on. And this is his response. He says, pardon me, my Lord. I love this translation, right? Excuse me, right? Like, God is for you, not against you. Uh, hold up. That's what Gideon says. But if the Lord is with us, why did all this happen? Why did all this take place? Where were you? Where are all his wonders or ancestors did? Did you not bring us out of Egypt? Didn't you do it in the past? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. Where are you, God? And here's Gideon's response to fear. When we get afraid, we tend to, number one, get angry. We get angry. We get angry. We get upset. You know, a few, uh, many years ago, I was a youth pastor on the east side of Las Vegas, and we would do a fireworks booth to raise money. And so when you're out there in 120 degrees uh, temperature in the summer on a black top, it gets hot. Long story short, I let a student named Taylor, who played on the uh, Las Vegas high school football team, I let him inside the building. It was dark. I said, sure, go to the bathroom. All right, hurry up. Go, 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 go. So he went to the bathroom. And when you're in that kind of heat stroke, you know, mentality, and you're hot, and you're not thinking clearly, I said, let me hide in a dark sanctuary, all right? And I'll go, boo, I'll scare him. So I was hiding behind a chair. And when he was done with the bathroom, he cut through the church sanctuary. And I popped out. I said, boogie, boogie, right? You know, like, boo. And he went, ah, boom, punched me in the side of the head. Just dacked me. Boom. I was like, first of all, I wish that was my response. All right. I'd be like, ah, right. Oh, my God. Right. So he punches me. I'm his youth pastor. So I kind of shake it off. I'm, <laughs> I got you good, man. Go outside. Go, you okay? I'm fine. Go outside. And when he went outside, I went, oh, dear God. <laughs> I kind of helped myself. I was like, am I having a concussion? Do I need to stay awake? I was so afraid. But let me tell you this. So more often than not, anger is our reflex to fear. When we get afraid, we hurt those closest to us. When we get afraid, 
We get angry. We get upset. We begin to verbally attack anyone who gets close to us. Listen to me. Gideon was verbally attacking the angel of the Lord. God sent help. Here it is. And Gideon's saying, where were you? Where were you? Where have you been? Because oftentimes, number two, we begin to deal with insecurity when we're angry. Because Gideon goes on to say, I'm the weakest in my clan. I'm not worth that. This is your fault. I'm in this place. We begin to find a pity party for ourselves. We begin to throw a pity party for ourselves. He's sitting in that hole going, come on. I shouldn't be here. You know, like, I'm worth that. And so often, more often than not, when we're in a pity party, we find those that completely agree with us, don't we? Like, make room for two. Yeah, you're so awesome. I'm so sorry. And it's like, no! That's why groups are so important. That's why it's so important to do life with those that will pull you out of that hole and say, get out of that hole. No, I'm going to be in my hole, right? Get out of that hole, for you are God's masterpiece. For God has a plan for your life. Let's begin to deal with that insecurity. I'm encouraging you that over 60% of ladies every single day go through thoughts that start with, I am not blank. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not successful enough. Whatever that fill in the blank is. But more often than not, men will ask themselves daily, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? I want to encourage you today that there's plenty of self-help out there. But I really believe the root of many of these issues is that we need to confront our fears. We need to confront our fears. In Judges chapter 6, verse 18, it begins to go on. And this is what the Lord answered. The Lord said, listen to me, Gideon. I will be with you, and I will strike them all down. I will strike them all down, all the Midianites, leaving none alive. I like that. It's like, I'll strike them. How how many? (laughs) Right? Like, all of them? Because this was one guy. And God doesn't say, well, how dare you talk to me that way? What is your problem? How many know we have a loving father? He wants to hear your heart. And he says, I will be with you, and I will fight for you. And here's what Gideon says. If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign. Do you understand what's going on here? God is saying, hey, I've never left you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to destroy every single one of them. 100%. It is gone. It is wiped out. Gideon's like, yeah, but give me a sign. I need some insurance. I need to know it's really going to happen. And so his response is that he wants to be in control. That when you're afraid, you have a severe need to be in control. That if we allow fear to take root, we'll find a desperate need to say, God, let me be in control. I'm losing control. I want you to write this down because Gideon was living in fear instead of faith. He's in a hole of fear, and Mr. Fate comes along and says, I'm going to destroy the enemy. I've never left you nor forsaken you. This is what's going to take place. But the enemy loved that Gideon was in a hole, and he was hiding. So I want you to write this down today. Put this on Facebook, Instagram, this thing. Write this on the inside your Bible cover, anywhere you can. But the enemy will use fear to oppress us. God uses faith to bless us. Can I get an amen, everybody? The enemy will use fear to oppress us. God uses faith 
to bless us. The enemy wants you to hide. He wants you not to be present. He wants you to stay at home. He wants you not to get involved. But God wants you to bless you. God wants you to take you places where you never thought you can go. God doesn't want you to hide anymore. God's saying, don't oppress the dreams that are in your heart. Don't oppress the gifts on the inside of you. Don't oppress. I want you to get in the growth track. Get into a group. Start that business. Begin that idea. Don't let rejection or fear or loss stop you. Why? Because God wants to use faith to bless us in Jesus' name. He wants to use faith to bless us in Jesus' name. So I'm going to give you some tools and resources because I'm not just going to preach and be like, yeah, come on, pastor. And you go home and you're like, it was a good sermon on fear. I want to give you tools and resources today. So I encourage you, please write this down. Please uh, listen again on the podcast. But I want you to know that we will never know when fear will hit. Fear hits us at random times. Fear hits us before something big. Fear will hit us when we least expect it. I want to resource you today. What do I do when the fear hits my life? Here's what I want you to do. That every time you spot fear, I want you to deal with the fear. So I'm a good pastor. All right, this is like, this is good pastoring right here. All right, I have an acronym for you today. The acronym is SPOT. S-P, that was a junior high moment. S-P-O-T, SPOT, SPOT. I want you to write that down, SPOT. And the first one is S. I want you to stand your ground. When fear comes your way, I want you to stand your ground. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 to 14, Moses spoke to the people. He said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Check this out. Stand firm and watch God do his work. Watch God fight for us today. Of salvation for you today. God will fight the battle for you. What is my role? To stand your ground. Today you can either fight or you can fly. You can either stand and say, God is fighting my battles today. Or you can turn and you can run. And I want you to write this down in your notes today. That when you are afraid, do not run away. When you are afraid, do not run away. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. I saw a clip this week as I was studying and preparing. I said, well, how can I your best articulate or show standing your ground when fear is coming your way? Because listen to me, folks. Fear is real. Fear is real. Fear is hard. Easier said than done. So how do I stand my ground? So I want you to keep the lights on. Show this clip behind me. But here is a, uh, uh, look at this. Hey, uh-uh. Here's a guy. He sees an elephant charge him. But did you notice the elephant stop? Elephant stopped, but now he's like, come on, punk, I will take you out, right? He's just like this little guy, like, come on, somebody, I got Jesus on my side. And he began to make the elephant back away. How many know that an elephant will do a mock charge? And the reason why he do mock charge, you got to see the signs. You got to see what his trunk is doing, if his ears are back or forward. But an elephant will do a mock charge and stop right before he gets to you because he wants to see if you're a threat 
or not. How many know when you stand your ground, fear is going to see if you're a threat or not. But we say, I stand therefore. I stand firm in my faith in Jesus Christ that you are no longer a threat in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? I love that. He's like, back away, huh? You don't know me. I'm from Vegas. I'll cut you. Go away. You can put that down. And the elephant walks away. The fears in your life are real, but they have no power over you. So stand your ground. Number two, pray for peace. Pray for peace. Pray for peace. Let's revisit Philippians chapter 4. It says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, it's supplication with thanksgiving. Then peace comes. Then God guards your heart. Then God guards your mind. But we are to pray and we're to have supplication or petition with thanksgiving. What does that mean, Pastor? That means I'm going to pray for peace. When I'm full of worry or fear and anxiety, I'm going to pray for peace. Supplication means to make known, to write it down, to repeat it, to say, this is my need today. I'm going to write it down, and now I'm going to thank God for doing it. So, Father, thank you. You've not given me a spirit of fear. God, thank you that I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you that you've given me power and love and a peaceful mind. So, Father, thank you for removing that fear from my life. Pray for peace. I don't know if you've ever seen someone go through a horrific tragedy or a loss. Their life is crumbling before your eyes, but they have peace. What's happening? You should be mourning. You should be grieving. And they're like, I am, but I have peace that surpassed understanding. I have a peace that surpassed understanding. So I want to encourage you today, stand in faith that God is really in control. Number three is object to the lies. Object to the lies. And this is where we got to get real. That there is a spiritual war that we cannot see. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and darkness. But notice, guys, I, want, I need some help on this, all right? Notice I said there's a war, not a beatdown. Can you hear me? There's a war, not a beatdown. That the Bible says that God has given us the victory over this war. That two parties are fighting, but God is on our side. Can I get an amen? Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You know what that means today? That we are demolishers. You know what that means today? We say, God, I demolish every argument, every pretension, every thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every anxious thought, every fearful thought, and we make it obedient to Christ Jesus. Listen to me. In this war, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory, that Christ gave us the victory. The devil's been defeated in Jesus' name, and so we fight from victory, not for victory. We're not out there all alone battling this thing. We're out there with God on our side saying, in Jesus' name, I take captive. In Jesus' name, I demolish fear in Jesus' name. I'll settle down. I'll settle down. I'll calm down. It'll be awesome. If you're a guest with us, real preachers next week, all right, we'll find him. We'll find him. But why? i got to encourage you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Really begin to piece this together. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If 
I take captive every thought that is against the word of God. If I take captive, if I demolish every argument, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I believe that is a formula that we say I can do all things. Therefore, I'm a demolisher. Therefore, I take captive to fear, negative thoughts, worry, and anxiety. I can do all things through him. And number four is trust in God. Trust in God. When we spot fear, we're going to stand our ground. We're going to pray for peace. We're going to object to the lie. But we're going to trust God. That when you know God, you begin to have a different playbook. That our vision here at Avenue Church is to know God, a real God, a God who loves you. Not just church or religion, but we want you to know who Jesus is. Those are good things, but we want you to know who God is. Then we want you to find freedom. And only then, begin, when you begin to know God, did you begin to find freedom. And i got to tell you, it begins to give you a whole new playbook. I don't know if you remember an open book test. How many remember those in school? Open book test. I even had one this week. And it was like, it's literally an open book test. And people are like failing it. Like, what's going on? But I remember in high school, a teacher kind of gave an undertone of the instructions. She said, okay, everybody, I want you to take this test home. It's an open book test. I want you to bring it back next. Bring it back tomorrow. I'm going to grade it. Make sure you, you listen to my instructions. And so we all took the test home. And I was like, I think she said it's an open book. So... It's an open book, right? So I got my book up, took the test, put the answers right in the book, and I went back to school and handed it in, and the teacher was uh, doing all the uh, grading of it, and she looked up and she said, I don't know how over 50% of you failed an open book test. And they're all like, open book? Other people are like, it's an open book. <laughs> I was like, I'm the deaf one. Come on, guys. But how many know? In this spiritual war that we're in, there's an open book. Through every fear, every trial, every situation, there's an open book. We can open the book and say, I am more, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. We can open the book and say, God, thank you. You've not given me a spirit of fear. It doesn't feel like it right now, but I'm going to open the book and say, God, you've given me power, love, and a sound mind. That God, today, I'm going to be anxious for nothing. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to petition. God, I'm going to give you thanks because through your word, through your promises, which are true, which come true, is that I'll have peace in my heart that surpasses all understanding. How many know peace is the greatest gift we can receive aside from the gift of salvation? God, grant me peace so that you'll guard my heart, guard my mind in Jesus' name. Psalms 56 says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. When I'm afraid, God, I trust you in God whose word I praise. Everybody say praise. In God I trust and I'm not afraid. How can mere mortals do, what can mere mortals do to me when I trust God? What can man do to me when I have peace in God? What can happen? In the Bible, there may be 365 promises on fear. But there's also over a hundred fear nots and do not be afraid in the Bible. I want to encourage you today. Let's begin to let go of fear. Let's begin to fight. I want you to write this message down. Write this little statement down. Because this is my challenge to you. 
You know, next week, we're going to talk about living in the end, in the end times. I encourage you, bring a friend. It's not going to be weird. I could be like, I'm so sorry I brought you to this. <laughs> you talk about end times, you know, like my pastor's crazy. We're not going to do that. It's going to be the most life-giving message you're going to hear on the end times. But the week after that, we're going to see, uh, we're going to wrap up asking for a friend, talking about depression and mental health. And we're going to talk about how it's real. We're going to talk about fear and anxiety with mental health. It's going to be a very healthy conversation in two weeks. But here's what I want you to do today, that I want you to fight, that it's time to fight because my future is on the other side of my fear. I'm going to say that again. It is time to fight because my future is on the other side of fear. I'm tired of fear holding me back. I'm tired of fear stopping me from my future. But today, I'm going to fight. You put that up on the screen, that I'm here to fight because my future is on the other side. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, this past week, I got to go hiking with my son. And my son's Nana, all right, my mother-in-law, she's big into hiking. She's like, yes, hiking, woo. And so they've been hiking together, and he's got, like, all this knowledge, right? So we go hiking in Mount Charleston. And on the way up there, my son's got his hiking sticks, his hiking hat. He's got the water pack with the thing. I'm like, really? Like, I have nothing. Like, I have this. I'm like, I'm hiking, you know? And so I asked my son, I said, okay, Levi, what do we do? On the trail, okay, I know where to go. I know where the trails are, Dad. Okay, cool. You know, he's six years old. All right, cool, all right. And I said, son, what do we do when there's a bear? What do we do with a bear? And how many know there's many different things to do when there's a different bear? I don't know if you're going to remember that when a bear comes. Oh, no, that's a black and white bear. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do I do? It's a brown bear, black bear. I, don't, I just run. Like, I, I, I looked online. You know what you do when you see a black bear? Trip somebody lighter. Get the bear, bear! I'm kidding. That's a different website. That's Wikipedia. <laughs> my son began to share what you do when you see a black bear. Looked it up online to confirm it on many several websites. So I could save your life if you decide to go hiking. You're welcome. But if you see a black bear and the black bear approaches you, what you're supposed to do is you get your bear, you get your bear your bear spray, right, which I think is just water in a cup. I, the bear's like, thank you, you know. But what you're supposed to do is they say when a black bear comes your way, you're to get bigger, make yourself bigger. I don't know how you do that. Like, 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 like oh, I'm big. I'm a big person. Like, get on my shoulders. You're to get bigger. You're to make noise. Hey, bear, bear, hey, bear, bear, right? And then the, they said, the bear will begin to look at you and say, I don't know. I don't think this is the battle worth fighting for. And the bear will do what Chicago bears do. The bear, Chicago bears will go, nah, it's not worth it. I'm out of here. And that's okay. Next year. But how many know fear comes your way? When fear comes your way, you want to encourage you to do today when fear comes your way. And I want you to get bigger. Make yourself bigger. I want you to make noise. You know what that is? That's worship. That's worship. Make yourself bigger and begin to make noise. To say, Father, in Jesus' name, 
I'm no longer have a spirit of fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. But I'm going to make noise. I'm going to get loud. I'm going to begin to sing. I'm going to begin to pray. Why? Because my God is bigger. My God has the victory in Jesus' name. So today, I fight. Today, I'm no longer going to give in to fear. I'm going to be anxious not, but by prayer, by supplication, by thanksgiving, I am going to worship. So if you're here today, and you're tired of dealing with fear, you're fed up with fear, you're sick of fear, and you're saying, you know what, today, I'm going to fight in Jesus' name. I want you to stand. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to make yourself bigger. I want you to make some noise. Say, Jesus, we serve you. Jesus, we worship you. God, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God. Come on, let's sing that today. In Jesus' name. sitting in your seat. I want to encourage you. If that is you as well, will you stand up? I want to pray over you today. I want to pray two prayers today, and I'm going to pray for those that you're tired of, of dealing with fear, that you're finished with it, that you're going to say today, God, I trust you with all my heart. Today, I, I grasp on to the promises of God, to the Word of God, that today, in Jesus' name, I want to be feet free from fear. And I'm here to tell you, it's a process. It can happen right away, but often it's a process. Why? Because so many of us, we have gotten comfortable with fear. We have placed that label on it. I am a fearful person, and God is saying, no, you're not. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but power and of love and of sound mind. So if you're that person, I want you to raise your hands. Let me pray with you today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me pray over your hearts today. Dear Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in this room. Thank you for those that are, have the boldness to raise two hands. And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name to help us not to be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. So, Father, I pray today that we're going to trust you. We're not going to give in to fear. We're not going to give in to anger or control or insecurities. But we're going to listen to the Word of God. We're going to do life with others. We're going to get involved in a group. Perhaps we'll go to growth track. But Father, I pray today, remove us from fear in our lives. In Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. And I want everyone to stand with me, please. And we do this every single week. Because every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. And maybe you're here today. You 
you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that maybe you've lived in fear or control and it's just not working, maybe you feel hopeless, maybe you're tired of having no purpose in your life, but there's a loving Savior who wants you to know Him. In, John, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. How many know that perfect love died on a cross for you and me today? That perfect love wants to do something amazing in your life. That perfect love created a gift called salvation that we don't deserve it, we didn't earn it, but God has given it to you today. And all you have to do is reach out and say, thank you, Lord, for that free gift of salvation that today I'm going to take a step. And so if you're here today and you're ready to take a step, you're saying, Pastor, will you pray with me? Will you lead me in a prayer? I'm not going to ask you to come forward, come to the side. We're not going to put a spotlight on you. But we would love to pray with you today. And if that is you, I want every single person in this house to pray a prayer. I want everyone to say, lift your voice and say, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Be Lord of my life, with all my heart, the best way I know how, that today, I give you my life. And be Lord of my life. And so today, I now know who I am. I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Come on, give God a shout. Give God a praise. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.